0: It's already feeling like it's getting late in the season and it's not that late yet. Hello and welcome to episode, uh, what episode is it? Episode 17 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and we are here to talk about the Montreal Canadiens, their second game of the year against the Vegas Golden Knights. The first one went really well. How's the second one going to go? Yeah, We never know until we actually <laughs> sit down and watch them this year. These Habs have been incredibly inconsistent. It's hard to pin down you know when are they going to have a good game when are they going to have a bad one it seems like they they get up for some of the good teams and vegas is definitely one of the good ones in the league this year so could they have a repeat performance that we saw uh, just a couple of weeks ago we're going to get to the recap and everything else but first the last of the major pro sports leagues is often and rolling and college basketball is ready to go as well Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are also all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts and the Montreal Canadiens, they, they forgot the time, place, hemisphere. Uh, they forgot everything about when this game was supposed to start uh, because it really did not start well for them. Um, we're talking no shots in the first five minutes of the game. Uh, For the Montreal Canadiens and Vegas, for their part, had about seven. Mike Matheson takes a tripping penalty a little less than five minutes into the game. It could get ugly. Caden Primo is just holding things together for them. Shots were actually seven nothing in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights by the time that penalty ended. But this is hockey, baby. What have I been saying for the last few episodes? It doesn't matter. You can outshoot the shit out of your opponent. You make one mistake it could end up in the back of your net and the vegas golden knights make a mistake their mistake was not covering alex newhook whatsoever nick suzuki has the puck below the goal line feeds it out to newhook he has a look and he just rips one bar downski it's one nothing for the montreal canadians on their first shot of the game shots are seven one and they have a lead don't make mistakes maybe <laughs> get your seven shots right you can't make mistakes in your own zone it's one nothing for the habs and Later in the period we get another one just around the midway mark Alex Newhook again this time he tries to throw one into the slot it gets blocked but it gets blocked directly to Johnny Kovacevic and he snipes one top ched top corner. And it's 2-0 for the Montreal Canadiens. Shots are 13-5 to by this point. They're 16-5 by the end of the period. But Caden Primo standing super tall in net for the Montreal Canadiens. His highlight pack at the end of that period on RDS looked like the highlight pack that you would see from a goalie who posted you know, a 40-save shutout at the end of a game. He had that many really nice saves in the first period. So really, the glue holding this team together... Uh, was their goaltender and uh, despite being down 16-5 on the shot clock they're up two, 2 nothing going into the second period and they have a minute and change of power play uh, from a Keegan Colasar hit at the end of the first uh, to make things even better Mark Stone takes a trip with 16 seconds to go on that power play so they get a short 5-on-3 the power play has been a strength for the Montreal Canadiens let, lately are they going to be able to get a third goal? no as a matter of fact they were so pitiful on the 5-on-3 as well as the power play that came after it that they ended up getting scored on on the 5-on-4 power play. Knights get a rush. Brett Howden gets a shot uh, off the rush, and he gets it through Caden Primo. It's 2-1, to one, pitiful by the Montreal Canadiens. Now they start trading penalties a little bit. Gouli gets a high-sticking penalty. That gets killed. Mark Stone off again. Uh, pitiful power play for the Montreal Canadiens. But just before the midway point, <laughs> Jesse Elanen puts the team on his back, though. Great defensive play. Makes a steal at the defensive blue line. Takes off on a breakaway. Dangles. Goes forehand. Top Ched. It's 3-1 for the Montreal Canadiens in a game that, frankly, they have no business being in at this point. They're leading again by two goals. And luckily, he did that because Vegas came right back. They get a block point shot after an icing. It bounces directly to Braden McNabb. This is minutes, maybe two minutes after the Elandon goal. And uh, it goes right to Braden McNabb. Braden McNabb gets an easy one from the slot. It's three to two. A few minutes later, busted ass play in the neutral zone. Really bad uh, transition play from the Montreal Canadiens. Leads to a two-on-one from the red line in, basically. Jonathan Marchessault takes a pass from uh, Barbashev. He puts it in. It's 3-3. Game's all tied up. It feels like this is probably the end for the Habs. Now Vegas is going to take over. But wait just a minute. Michael Pizzetta shortly after that. With a really good forecheck, he gets the puck below the goal line, feeds it blindly back behind him, and he finds none other than Jesse Elonen, who snipes it far side again for his second goal of the game and is 4-3. The Habs are back on top. A little over four minutes to go. Caden Gouli off for a cross track, and of course, this is how power plays are done. The uh, the Vegas Golden Knights kind of given a clinic to the Montreal Canadiens on how to set up in the offensive zone and actually create chances for yourselves. Shea Theodore point shot through traffic manages to beat Caden Primo from distance. It's four four. That's your score heading into the third period. We got a bit of a barn burner on our hands. And who would have thought if you if you just showed somebody the stats page without showing them any of the goals and just showed how many shot attempts you know, possession, (laughs) I mean, uh, expected goals, whatever you want, you would have thought Vegas was running away with this one like six or seven and nothing. But no, the Habs, right there with them at 4-4. And of course, they put together a better period, uh, scored two goals in the second period, of course, that is they they scored two goals in the first period as well, but they played a better period in the second, still managed to blow a two-goal lead, um, well, halfway blow a two-goal lead, gain it back, and then blow it completely, and they're tied up at four. And in the third period, we get, eh, you know, what I would call some fuckery on the part of the officials. Let's be honest. Um, they get a straight-up phantom call on Yuri Slavkovsky uh, less than three minutes into the period. I mean, he was just going in for a puck battle with Petrangelo, uh, and they both fall down. And the refs, nope, that's holding on Slavkovsky. It's not holding whatsoever. Uh, but the Habs managed to kill that off. Then we get a high stick on Justin Barron just before midway. Didn't have a problem with that call. I thought that was a pretty good call, but I did have a problem with the fact that Tanner Pearson, shortly after the Habs managed to kill off the the, uh, the Barron penalty, got high stick in the exact same fashion in the middle of the ice where either ref could have easily made the call because he was still coming through the neutral zone, and they ignore it. They ignored numerous calls against Vegas in that third period. Uh, and then late in the game, Brennan Gallagher with a high stick. This one was definitely a fair call. He gets four minutes. Um, who did he high stick? I think Barbashev. I can't remember who it was, but he he drew blood, and it was a fair four-minute call, and uh, that should be the death knell. And what do you know? Jack Eichel snipes from the top of the circle. There you go. It's 5-4 for Vegas. Mark Stone gets another one on a wraparound. That makes it 6-4. The Habs pull Caden Primo, and a great feed from Cole Caulfield into the Justin Barron in the high slot. And he gets a shot through and he makes it 6-5. to five. The Habs kept Caden Primo out of the net, or rather brought him back out of the net um, afterwards with about 50 seconds left on the clock. They almost got the equalizer, but they couldn't quite get there. 6-5 to five is your final score in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. Look, I'm not going to have a ref rant but I, I do feel a need to comment this because I'm feeling it. Um, you're, you're never going to convince me that the NHL officials are not trying to give opportunities to the Vegas Golden Knights to win games. You go back to the, the playoff series. Remember when Nick Suzuki got punched in the face? I think it was by Braden McNabb and Chris Lee was looking right at it and then after Suzuki gets punched... He just turns his head the other way and starts scratching his neck like, oh, I wonder what's over here at the other end of the ice where I'm not supposed to be looking anyways. Um, You remember in the last game that they had where the Habs were the better team and somehow Vegas was getting opportunities that didn't make any sense. They're not exactly calling an even game um, and the Habs are the better team. And then you get this game, right? I felt like it was pretty evenly called through two periods. Not the best officiated game, but then all of a sudden in the third period, Vegas can do no wrong. Right? How does it magically become possible for them to not take any penalties all of a sudden? I wonder. I wonder why. Maybe because the game was 4-4 and maybe because the league's new cash cow, they hope, um, would probably like to get a win. We're going to make some calls uh, that we might not otherwise make and we're going to ignore some calls that we would otherwise make. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there for discussion more than anything. Um, I think that the refs are helping Vegas anytime that they can Uh, Nathan Nee from Habs Eyes and the Prize pointed out to me that Vegas is the fourth most penalized team in the league I don't care about that I don't care I'm looking at a game where all of a sudden when uh, when things when the stakes are the highest they can't get a penalty I don't know I don't know anyways it's not really worth a rant because let's be honest this is a game that the Montreal Canadiens did not deserve to win Uh, Caden Primo maybe deserved to win um, Jesse Elanen, I think he deserved to, to have that game go in the win column for him. Um, there wasn't a lot of deserving a win uh, to go around for the Montreal Canadiens. So you can't blame the refs um, as much as I look at that and I go, ooh, I don't, I don't trust you. Maybe that's just me. You know, and my general... <clears throat> Disdain for NHL officials that I'm thinking, oh, they're trying to benefit the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. The Habs didn't deserve to win this game, and they didn't, which is maybe a good thing depending on how you look at it, right? If Caden Primo kept doing what he was doing in the first period, um, because he was lights out in period number one, period number two, period number three, eh, he made really good saves. Um, Even uh, Actually, in the third period, he made a beautiful glove save at one point. The score could have been even worse at the end, but he was not as comfortable as he looked in the first period he was not as infallible as he was in the first period. Um, Vegas had 94 shot attempts though so it was a shooting gallery for them they had the puck constantly and they were getting opportunities on net constantly Um, so it's hard to to fault Caden Primo for that. He played really well in the first period and then fell off a little bit Um, but if he did stay at that same level from the first period all the way through and stole that game for them, what would they have learned? You know? Would they have learned to fix their breakout? The breakout was putrid in that game. They struggled so bad at getting the puck out of their own zone. Even when they would get the puck, they would kind of play around with it behind the net. The forwards are flying the zone. There was multiple fucking uh, occasions where I saw Josh Anderson all the way out at the red line before the Habs' D even got the puck past the hash marks in their own zone. You are the fastest skater on the ice probably for either team. Why are you cheating? You don't need to cheat. You have a cheat code in your legs in how fast you can move. Why are you flying the zone? Maybe it's because every time that you get the puck in a breakout, for whatever inexplicable reason, you slow down and you end up getting caught by other forwards that are coming back to back pressure you. I wonder. I wonder. I don't know. But would they have learned to fix their breakouts if Caden Primo stole that game for them? If the refs didn't do what they did, if the refs made that call on Tanner Pearson or uh, against the high stick against Tanner Pearson in the third period and the Habs ended up scoring and they ended up winning, would they have learned anything? Or would they have gone, you know, back into the dressing room and they would have gone on the road thinking, oh, we're doing all right, man. We've taken it to Vegas twice now. Like. I, I feel like they needed a loss in that one. I appreciate that they at least put up five goals uh, and, and made it entertaining from the standpoint of, you know, you get 11 goals in a game. That's usually a pretty fun one to sit down and watch uh, regardless of how it ends. Uh, but I, I feel like they needed to learn something, and I think the only way that was going to happen was by was by getting one in the L column. And they got that, and hopefully they can take some lessons from it, particularly the Breakout, man. Ooh, that was painful. I, I wish they would fit. That, that, for me, would be the first thing to fix before even the power play because y- you can't keep doing that. <laughs> you, you just can't. That was ugly. Um, let's move on to silver lining of the night. I feel like we need to talk about something positive. Um, and I'm going to give you a couple. And the first one's going to be Jesse Elinen. Uh Man, he played fantastic. Just individual effort after individual effort. Uh, he's kind of... Pigeonholed in the fourth line right now, he deserves a promotion. One hundred percent, he deserves a promotion, and he deserves power play time. He should really be getting a look at all of the ice time that Josh Anderson's getting right now. I've been say I think I've said that a few times already, and you know I've said it a few times tongue in cheek, just because I, I know that the team's not really going to do that. At least I don't think they will, but. He deserves it. Jesse Elanen deserves all the ice time that Josh Anderson's getting. And I'm not kidding about that. I'm not necessarily saying you put Josh Anderson all the way down in the fourth line. I think he would probably not do super well there. Maybe he would, who knows. But at least bump him down to the third line and give Elanen a shot in the top six and give him power play time. You know, the power play has been hot and cold, right? It's been a strength for them at times. It's been a complete and utter weakness for them at times. This last game... Horrible. Absolutely horrible. What do you have to lose by giving a young player a shot at some at some minutes? Right? First unit, second unit, I don't give a shit. Give him some minutes on one of the units. Give him a chance to show you what he can do. He's probably got the second best shot on the entire team behind Cole Caulfield. The second best shot. And you're not even letting the guy sniff the ice on the power play. You look at how well he played in that game. Defensively, offensively, everything. He was good in all three zones. Um, obviously chipped in with two big goals for you to, to keep that game respectable. You need to give this guy some more opportunities. It's you're not, you're, you're not winning the fucking Stanley Cup this year. I think we all know that. I think we can all admit that without feeling bad about ourselves. Like we're talking shit about our own team. I think the coaching staff needs to understand that as well and go, all right, well, what are we going to do? Play the kids. I'm tired of seeing Josh Anderson on the power play. I'm tired of it. Give Jesse Elan a shot there and see if he can run with it. He just showed you in that game what he can do offensively. Let him run with it. Man. Um... Great game from him, deserved silver lining. I'm already starting to turn it into a negative here, so we'll move on. And I think Caden Primo was also a silver lining for the Habs. Um, He was, look, I mentioned it already. He fell off a little bit in the second and the third period. Um, You know, he stopped the first 18 shots that he faced, uh, was absolutely magnificent, lights out good in the first period. He had a couple of ones go through him in this game where I was like, you know, you maybe should have stopped those ones, but it's really hard to get down on him for those ones that go through him when he made some other saves that probably should have ended up in the back of the net. He made, I think by my count, um, I want to say six or seven that, that should have been goals that are probably goals nine out of 10 times. And he stopped them. So, you know the the athleticism's there. Uh, the poise in the net was there in a way that I haven't seen from him in some time, and um, I I really enjoyed uh, what he was doing in net there. I mean, <laughs> it's weird to be able to say that your goaltender played well in an absolute barn burner where you got uh, six goals scored on your team, but you know it's it's appropriate in this case because Caden Primo was very good. Um, I didn't even know his dad is Keith Primo, <laughs> former NHLer, until. They showed all the dads up in the in the box. The the I guess they're about to have the the dads trip or something. Um, and they had all a bunch of players' dads were up in a, a private box. And uh, they they mentioned on the broadcast, they were like, "Oh, it's Keith Primo. That's Ken Primo's dad." And I was like, "What?" I had to Google it, and it is. How how has this guy been a Montreal Canadiens prospect for this long? I didn't know his dad used to play in the NHL when I was a kid. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe my brain's fried by all this bad officiating I've been watching this year. I don't know. But Ken Primo, uh, another deserved silver lining of the night. That's all I have for you, though. I'm only giving it to those two. Um, everybody else kind of irked me in one way or another. I mean, Justin Barron wasn't bad. Um, Mike Matheson, I guess he wasn't bad. Um, he made some really boneheaded plays, but he also made some some decent-looking ones. Um, Cole Caulfield wasn't bad. Um, made a really nice pass to um, oh to yeah to Justin Barron at the end of the game there for a goal. Uh, but you know overall this is a game that they need to learn a lesson from it. They need to learn um, you know, again better breakouts. And uh, just better play in your defensive zone as well. Uh, They were running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And uh, that can't continue. Uh, We need to see positive progress this season. And uh, that game was not positive progress. That was a big step back. Uh, So I'm really looking forward and hoping for a better game from them against Boston on Saturday. Um, We do have bad news as well to talk about. Um, Two different pieces of bad news really. Number one was Arbor Jackai got hurt. um, Got hit by by Ivan Barbashev and went into the corner and looked like maybe it was a shoulder injury. It was at the end of a really long shift for him. Uh, We don't have word yet on how long he's going to be out or anything. All we know is his upper body, and he left that game, and he did not return, so... I don't know. That's that's bad news for the Habs. They might have to look at calling somebody up from Laval. We'll maybe have a chat about that on uh, the next episode of Habs in Mind as to who that should be. We're probably going to be recording that tomorrow so stay tuned for that. And then the other one was of course uh, Cal Tremblay, um, the lead singer of the Les Cowboys Fringants. Yeah? Um, I I think, you know, for anybody who watched the game that's an Anglophone, um, you you may not know how important that band was. Uh, or is still to uh, French Canadians. Um, you know, me growing up being in French school, it was a band that um, I listened to a lot. Uh, it was a band that's just kind of on all the time. It's uh, Marc uh, Dumont, He likened it uh, on Twitter to the Tragically Hip. So anybody from Ontario or any Anglophones in Canada, you'll know how often you hear the Tragically Hip. It was the same thing uh, for Francophones with Lake Cowboy Fringa. And, uh, you know, this guy passing away from cancer, it's a really sad thing. It was really nice of the Montreal Canadiens to do uh, a little ceremony for him at the start of the game. I appreciated that, and I think a lot of people did. And uh, it just shows, you know, the class of the organization and how, you know, les Québécois, les Canadiens-Français, uh, we, we stick together. So, uh, Cal repose en paix, mon cher. Uh, j'aime vraiment ta musique, puis uh, c'est vraiment, c'est, ça me fait mal au cœur de perdre un musicien comme toi. Um... That's all I have to say for today. We're going to end it there. End it on a sad note, I guess. Um, what are we running? A little over 20 minutes. So, signos, soirée pour les de We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. Um, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by BetOnline. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.